So I did a bit of decluttering too. Yeah. It involved picking up all the dog shit in the backyard. Oh, geez. Yeah. I got 264 pounds of pea gravel. Oh, I thought you were going to say dog shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on, I he's mean, a just a little <laughs> I'm Adrian Trott. This is Ariel Cremendi, episode one. Oh, hang on. 120. Four, right? Episode 124, KT Confidential. Going to jump right into this. Today's episode, we're talking about one of the most common things that our clients who are selling houses have to do. And I think a lot of people don't quite grasp exactly what it means because, first of all, it's decluttering. And I'm going to bundle in depersonalizing. Is that okay with you? What is what is the technical uh, definition of decluttering? Well, what? do you want to Google it? Yeah, I can. Are you? No, no, I I'm cutting out. I'm cutting out my uh, my microphone brand. Oh, is that the noise I hear in the background? Can All you right. actually hear that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Google the definition. So. It's this is the most tedious task that people have to do is decluttering because and I don't think people realize how much work is involved with doing it. Oh look at I cut it perfect that the website still fits on the bottom. So I'm gonna tape that right on here. All right, dictionary.com says the verb declutter means to remove mess or clutter from a place. Oh, thanks. Or let's not or, say maybe it's to organize so, and prioritize. Organize and prioritize. So first of all, I won't say mess necessarily because uh, they could be practical things that you use on a daily basis that is very functional, gets used regularly, and under normal circumstances, maybe doesn't look out of place. But when you're selling it potentially does become a mess because it's when you're selling that look. Okay. Sure. <laughs> For those of you when, listening, Adrian just took one of his business cards and cut it out to make a makeshift brand cover for the road mics. Well, cause you've got your little KT sticker there. I thought I needed something. I could just bring you a KT sticker so you could do the same. Yeah. Not a bad idea. But that looks okay go. for now. There you go. Even though that's an old yeah, brand, old brand. I know we color. don't use that. We don't use that color anymore. Anyway, so the, one of the the biggest challenges people have, and selling your house is not convenient. The way you have to live and keep it organized is far from convenient. It's far from practical. It's not the way you would live on a normal basis. I think one thing I can think of right now that a lot of people forget to do, despite reminders in many cases is something as simple as um, the toiletries in the bathroom. Everyone leaves their shower caddy full of stuff, right? And well, it's not even, and first of all, I got to say, you really jumped into it today. No, no banter whatsoever. So episode no. 124 is all business. It is. Um, for those of you listening, um, 
thank you for making us a part of your um, routine, whether it's in the car or wherever you listen. Um, oh, I'm not recording. Give me access to record. Oh, I do I have did. access to record. All right, now I have. Uh, for recording. those of you watching, um, you can watch any of these 123 other episodes by going to ktconfidential.ca. And if you subscribe to that YouTube channel, you'll get notifications anytime one of these videos or the highlight videos yeah, are Yeah, people posted. heard this all before. Nobody cares. Let's move on with the topic. Decluttering, I think, is a term that people use differently. What do I mean by that? Some people think decluttering is getting rid of, you know, excess pillows that they have on their couch or stuff on their countertops and things like that. Like just the stuff that you can see with your eye that you think is cluttered to you. But right. what is cluttered to you and what is cluttered to a potential buyer or a realtor are probably two totally different things. And that's what a lot of people don't realize. Like most of the time when I meet with a seller or um, walk through their home virtually, they say, oh yeah, we've, we've already started to declutter and we're almost done. Yeah. But when I look at it, it looks like there's still a lot of work to be done. And you mentioned like the shower caddy. We always see stuff left in the showers and the bathrooms and um, countertops and this and that. But more importantly, when you look inside the cabinetry, right? Because yes, that one, I yeah, for sure. I, I didn't even think of that, but I think that's something that that's Most part of people. the decluttering process, right? Like For how sure many people have old shampoo bottles that, you know, they don't use anymore or, you know, just junk that's a, accumulates over, over the years. Like I started yeah. to quote unquote, more so even in ki and, and, kitchen and cabinets. I was just going to say, I just started to declutter my kitchen, but decluttering, let's just say, whether you're buying a home or not buying a home, it's good to do that purge and declutter process every once in a while. That's what I did yesterday. Even if you have no intentions of moving, what did you do yesterday? Uh, well, first of all, I took down my Christmas lights. It's not bad, March 14th. A little late, but it was tough because I needed like my ladder take it up and there's been snow up until I don't know now. is there is there a specific timeline that is socially acceptable to take down christmas lights i didn't Are take mine down that because all yours year last year <laughs> yes well no i don't know so 2 years ago <laughs> well, that, that would be included in the decluttering process or maybe not decluttering but the process of preparing your home if it's not the holiday season uh, then yes it's definitely not suitable when you're selling so, so what do most say, people do with Christmas lights? They take it down in February when there's a shit ton of snow on the ground? Um, no, like, I, I mean, I take mine down whenever, well, this year was later, but whenever you get a, the first half decent day. I mean, that could be on, I usually let it go all of January. So yeah, kind of starting in February. First nice day when it's not slippery, it's comfortable out. Well, I don't think we had out. one of those days this February, did we? Well, that would explain why. No, probably not. We had a decent amount of snow, so that would explain why I'm just doing it now. So now I got to take my down, mine down. Is that what you're saying? And one of my strands, one of the um, 
I guess, I guess what happens um, when one bulb potentially or a fuse, uh, it could be a fuse, but I think it's I don't when think one- of the bulb thing. I think those are really old lights did that. I don't know that that happens nowadays. So I think Doesn't it's a fuse probably. I don't think yeah, so. I don't I think know, they're but- wired in series or in parallel. So when... I don't remember. When was it? Uh just before la- the end of last Christmas season, one of my strands was no longer working and I didn't take them down. I didn't replace them. I just left it. Yeah, I remember but, seeing that. But this year I will uh, take it down. So great. Now you've given me another project for the weekend. Yeah. So aside from that, I was, um, well, Alicia has been selling a lot of um, old toys or donating old toys. So as the kids are getting older, we see them using things less, we get rid of them. No sense in keeping them around. You've got limited space in the well, house. Well, now that you know you're not having any more kids, snip, snip. That's right. No more kids, no more need for toys. So you see, I, I'm curious what other parents do that are holding on to stuff in the thought that they might have more kids. I can see why people would, if they weren't certain, that would make sense. Um, but once you know that you're not, then there's no reason to hold on to it. Although there's right. that sentimental thing. It's like you're letting go of your babies and those are the memories, but you, it's and, inevitable. And there's, you stuff that go. You, there's stuff that you want to keep, hopefully, for sentimental memories and, and to pass to the kids when they get older and things like that. Or like, this was your teddy when you were two. Yeah, sure. There's those exceptions, 100%. You're going to have those things, but it's easy to get carried away. And there's certain things that just need to go. Um, so that's an, I mean, I say that you know, she, maybe she was doing that more lately than usual, but it's a never ending thing as they get older. Um, and kids, they shift their preferences to what they're interested in quite frequently as they get older too. Um, anyway, so that was happening. Um, it was both now, day. Now I'm also curious for parents that have, both both genders as kids right like you have two girls i have two boys when right. you're when you have a girl and a boy or multiples that you know maybe the boys want the paw patrol stuff and the girls want the peppa pig stuff i don't know but uh you, you end up having even more stuff because you're not only you know um uh, having all the kids toys and kids stuff. Now you got to have two separate whole batches. Whereas when you have two, two girls, you know, they're sharing stuff or they pass down stuff in your case. I think for most cases, a lot of it is both genders like it. Like my girls, they love Paw Patrol. So they have tons of Paw Patrol stuff. And a lot of it is very gender neutral stuff. Like dinosaurs. Yep. McKenna has dinosaurs up in her room on the wall. They don't really have dinosaur toys per se, but they do like Barbie? dinosaurs. Are they into Barbie? Yep, they're both like Barbie. See, so, okay, well, there you go. So my boys, nothing Barbie. Although, you know, they're into Frozen and Elsa and that. I don't know yeah. that we've really introduced Barbie to them, but I'm saying there's always going to be those gender-specific things. So people that have uh, both girls and boys are going to have even more stuff. Yeah, I imagine so. Yeah, they don't for sure make sense in some cases. 
so so what did you guys uh get rid of like stuff that was a couple years old that they're no longer using well they have a lot they used to really play with the little people toys a lot yes. so you know we had some of the little people environment things like you'd have a little castle or a farm or whatever and then you get the little people with small accessories that go with it so that stuff they've kind of transitioned away from so we got rid of a few of those which is nice because a few of them are big items they take up a lot of space so that's gone um and then just general cleaning like uh there we have paint cans from 10 years ago in our basement i do too i do you know you keep them at the chance like oh maybe there's going to be a scuff on the wall i'll touch it up well fuck that's not going to match anymore as hard as you try so and you know the house is due for paint realistically so well now um, with your nick's uh color detector um you'll always be able to know what uh color you need to get for well and some of yeah for sure and the paint i opened up a couple of cans because i have they're hard and crusty i had done some repair work recently when we got the new uh display screen for the video camera on the front door and i i'm patching the wall so i was you got a new display screen i bought a well you knew i got the video doorbell so then i bought a nest hub and I bought a an aftermarket wall mount, so it's mounted right into the wall, so it sits flush in the so wall. So you took the, the old one down and put the new one up. Yeah, that's but it a good idea. Fit where the old one was, so I had to move it over. So now I'm patching the wall, and so I went. I have the original paint, but it's probably seven years old, yeah. and I opened it up, and there's rust in it. Yeah. So you know, I could stir it up, and it might look okay. I don't know, but uh, realistically, it's no where, good. Where where did you store it? It was all in the basement. So it's like it's in a climate controlled environment. Um, but nevertheless, it rusted. There's dirt and stuff in it. Um, it's crazy I because you can hear that. I don't, yes, I don't, uh, I, I, I never really thought of it, but I have tons of paint cans because I've got all the paint cans from the cottage. And yeah. and the house. And, you know, in my home, there's probably a dozen different colors on the walls throughout the right. home. So now you've got a dozen paint cans plus the trim paint and ceiling paint. And yeah. then all the paint from the cottage because you can't leave it at the cottage in the wintertime. So yeah, well, we found also that little pack that Madame provided. You probably got one too. The yeah. box with two little tins in it. We never even opened it. Yep. So, so we had that too. Which so what did you know, that, how did that you paint dis- is nowhere how in did house. you dispose of them? Did you take them to the dump site? I haven't yet. So that is part of the process. I I brought everything, all of those cans. There's probably a dozen cans. I brought them up to the garage. So your version of was, decluttering is from moving it from one part of the home to another. Well, that, so your garage your garage is like no no full of crap it, now. No, no. So the the dump was closed by the time I got to that part of the cleaning process. So I moved them out of the basement because they're occupying prime real estate for storage. So, so is that how all of our hand sanitizing stations end up at the uh, ended up at the uh, office over the weekend? Well, let's start with how they unexpectedly ended up in my garage to start with. (laughs) Oh, by the way, Adrian, there's a transport truck out front. I'm taking that delivery. I I honestly didn't know that they were coming until the guy called me and he's like, I've been knocking on your door for the last 20 minutes and yeah. I'm here with your delivery. 
And I'm like, yeah. okay, well, it would have been nice to know. And then yeah. I've got yeah, you'd think they would tell you, but right, big right like after, them. right after he called me, the shipping company called me and said, we got to ship it back or something like that. And I'm like, well, we just paid $400 to get it shipped. So you ain't shipping anything back. And that's when I called you. How yeah. convenient that you're next door and that you have room in your garage. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, I moved that all to the office. So yeah, sometimes the I'm really excited about these. So a little off topic, but uh, we invested. So for those of you that have transacted with us in the past as a buyer or seller or specifically sellers, but as you walk into such a weird word transacted as you, you could just call them clients. As you walk into our properties that we list for sale, um, we have a, what Adrian always refers to him like a broken record is it's like, and it's funny because you always, whenever you you walk into a restaurant and it's, uh, it's like your uh, menu board or display stand for your menus. And whenever you refer to them, you always refer to them in that exact manner. (laughs) Yes. Because that's the only way I know. Cause that's what you've said for the last 10 years years since we've been doing it. Anyways, you walk into our homes, we've got a three and a half foot stand that has our um, custom floor plans in it. So what we've done is actually invested and literally thousands of dollars to make sure that every single one of our listings now will have that stand, but it's a little bit bigger and has a built-in automatic hand sanitizing station in it that we can load up and we've got i don't know how many pounds of sanitizer now but oh hang on a second you messaged me the other day and said you got the sanitizer is that what you said what you when you messaged me and said let's put one together i remember your text message said something along the lines of i've got the sanitizer and the batteries or something or my no, I got the batteries and the um uh the photo paper. Oh, okay, sorry. Because now now these new you. now these new signs are yes. eleven by fourteen legal size. Which is better because I want to put a, more information on them. Yeah. So typically Anyways, our, the, our old signs were eight and a half by eleven, and really only the floor plan went on there now we'll have room for the floor plan and some more information or showing instructions would be showing instructions yeah but uh one thing that's nice with that i i mean you know especially now with covid everybody's i noticed how you didn't put any together by the way you just dumped them in the back room hey i fucking unwrapped all that shit loaded (laughs) it into my van did all by myself it was good exercise not complaining um but i did what the reason i didn't is because i don't want to have to be responsible for i hate packaging I hate unpackaging, un- unpacking stuff, putting it all together, and then having to sort all of the cardboard. And anyway, so have thought, you seen the one side of my garage, which is now spilling into the other side, which is why I've been not, parking but in I the know, driveway? Uh, we've we've discussed it before. I know it's full of Amazon boxes. Oh no, no, no! Because we got a new couch and a new dining table and new oh, chairs okay. and things like that, and all came well, from. Well, considering my- you didn't have that much garbage out this week. Well, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to the dump. Like there is so much oh. recycling that I'm just going to load up either my car or the van and, and take it See, to my the dump. pickup truck would be good for that. If I had one right it now, it would, it would, maybe that's a good reason to do it. 
The nice thing with these sanitizers is that it's hand free, right? Hands free. So it's all touchless because everybody now with COVID, they have sanitizer bottles, but who wants to, you're going to have 300 hands on one bottle. Yeah. No, thanks. Anyways, I don't know how we got on this topic, but yes, I had, you were talking about decluttering your garage and, uh, yeah, that's so part of that was, um, cleaning the garage um i built the storage cabinet so i'm slowly putting stuff in there but yeah it's an ongoing process so i did a bit of decluttering too yeah it involved picking up all the dog shit in the backyard oh geez yeah i uh i got 264 pounds of pea gravel Oh, I thought you were going to say dog shit. No. <laughs> Come on, he's a Winston's just a little. <laughs> well, you know how I built this little dog run off to the side of the house, which, by the way, I should have done that a lot sooner. I mean, the dog loves to run around the backyard, but he always leaves landmines, and then the kids end up stepping in it, and right, and it's oh, not it's nice. Worst. Yeah, and yeah. and you know, especially so, this time of year. So we built this, uh, or I built this little dog run so you can open the back door and he just goes and does his business in this little, I would say it's probably 10 feet by two feet on average. So about 20 square feet. Um, and then off of it, you haven't seen it yet, but I built a gate. So, so you step down from the house and then you open the gate and you're in the backyard. You close the gate, the dog can't go into the backyard. So it it, it does its job. And uh, if the next homeowner doesn't want it, it's a few screws to just take that fencing down and get rid of it. But part of that dog run was on or is on the, um, the patio, the paver stones. And what I noticed is when I went to clean up his poop, it was difficult to clean off the patio stones and certainly once it got frozen. So you ever right. try to pick frozen dog shit off? It's uh, stuck to the ground. It's stuck. You can't get it off. Um, so the area on the side of the house that already had the pea gravel, it was really easy because, you know, you pick it up underneath the rocks and yeah, you're going to throw some of the rocks away, but um, it's much more sanitary and very easy to clean. So I went uh, and loaded up with 264 pounds of pea gravel and filled all that in and cleaned up all the dog shit. So, so that was my version of uh, decluttering this weekend. My goodness. Yeah, yesterday was the first day I took off in a while where I did literally nothing, which was nice, work-related. But I spent the whole day organizing the garage, getting stuff done around the house, which was very satisfying. It felt good. But, you know, um, there is that, uh, you know, like uh, Marie Kondo, she was on this whole kick of that, uh, whatever you call it, you know, decluttering, essentially. Uh, uh, What was it called? Her style of decluttering. I never watched Uh, it. No? It's a show, right? Yeah. Anyway. it's very therapeutic to, especially now during COVID, because you're spending so much time at home. Yeah. If stuff is getting cluttered, quote unquote, or you got too much crap playing around or stuff that you know is garbage or know is donations or know you're going to sell. And we all have all that stuff. That's, 
that's the most important stuff to get uh, to tackle when you're moving or when you're planning on selling. It's well, it's inevitable that you're going to have to. So there's and, no and better time to no, start. Next week, I want to talk in, in, in the next podcast. I want to talk about. it's not that I want to talk about it's I want to talk to a specific audience and that audience is people that aren't even thinking of selling because I think there are way too many people in the GTA that don't even have an inkling or a thought or an imagination of moving but should like well and not only should they but oftentimes people call us on a whim and they're like we just randomly saw this house and now we want to move. Right. And that's when it's most important that your home is ready to go. Like if, if you just happen to stumble across a listing and it happens all the time, it happens all the time. We get those phone calls and messages all the time. Hey, Ariel, my friend just sent me this listing and it's our dream home. Can we go and see it? Yeah. And you go and see it and they love it and they buy it. And then it's like, oh shit, the amount of work we have to do in our house. It's funny you say that because I had a phone call just now that I ignored from a client. I'll call him back after. The only reason he's calling me right now is because he saw a house he likes. So at the next podcast, we'll discuss. Yeah. But I also think that there are a ton of people that are not at that stage yet, but are going to be at that stage. And as an example, in the town of Milton, who would have thought townhomes would be in the million dollar price range, two-story townhomes. So if you own one of those homes and you purchased four, five, six years ago, you're sitting on a ton of equity and maybe you want a bigger house. Maybe you want a detached home. Maybe you want a double car garage home. And you didn't realize that you've got two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars of equity that you can use as a down payment to buy that next home. Yeah. And then that light bulb goes off and then everything happens. So if your home is always ready to go, more or less, like you're always staying on top of decluttering, getting rid of stuff. Um, it's inevitable. Nobody stays in their home forever, especially now, especially in this market. People want to move every five to seven years because you can afford more. You want more. You want nicer. You want less. You want a pool. You want bigger lot. You want a smaller lot. You know, well, speaking about being ready, like there's, I had a call last week from a past client who has been, uh, without my knowing, they were casually looking, not casually, quite seriously looking at houses um about 45 minutes west of here they wanted to sell their milton townhouse and buy a property with virtually no mortgage um so they don't have to worry about that added unnecessary expense anyways they, they were looking uh and, and i went to their house and it is like unbelievably in dire need of a lot of work and like they had probably 30 potted plants on the main floor in the living room and the house was like halfway done finished the basement but not quite done yet and it's for them if they were to buy today they would have minimum months worth of work to do to get their house ready and that would be cutting it tight i imagine and that's that's detrimental to their sale because you know if you don't have that time what do you do 
Right. What do you do? Like if, if you've gone and you bought a home and now your home needs weeks of work or whatever it is, but you don't have weeks, you're sacrificing your, your investment. Like you are, you are selling low or not, you're not selling high. Yeah. Um, And that, you know, that's what everybody wants. Buy low, sell high. Unfortunately, right now you're buying high, selling high. Uh, but but you know, as long as you're in the same market, it's good. Exactly. If you try to time it, you never never works out. The other thing with them, to to your point about getting somebody in, involved early. So um, with did I make that to, point? No, but you were kind of <laughs> alluding to it. Like everyone should be ready, kind of thinking right about moving. So they should always kind of have their real estate agent on call, right, and have and speak with them in the event that there's an inkling that they want to move. Because these again, these particular I'm, people, I'm, just hang on. Just hang on. I'm going to stop you there because, you know, we're being the politically correct and, you know, not talking poorly about other realtors and this and that. And we don't want to get ourselves into trouble and have to take another ethics course or any of that shit. But let's just be honest here. Not every realtor is providing the same service. No, of course. So when you say, uh, you know, start the process early and call your realtor, some realtors will be like, all right, I'll get a for sale sign on your lawn on Thursday. No, no, true, true. But let me get to my point uh, so that you understand the context of it. Like I showed three properties on the weekend that my clients were like, are these people even selling their home? Like, well, that's the problem in the market. Actually, it's not the problem in the market. That's the reason why, even though the the inventory in this market has gone up dramatically over the last few weeks, it's still a very good market for sellers because a lot of people are trying to jump on the wagon and cash in on their uh, equity of their home. Many of these homes are just being listed. Many of these homes are tenanted. Many of these homes I've tried to get into, but they're only allowing showing Saturday and Sunday between 12 and 2 because people are rushing. They're not putting the effort in. So it, those shitty listings make like nice list, listings do exceptionally well. Which is I, why these same clients that I was with on the weekend are going to upgrade for less because right. we didn't shortcut the process with the sale of their home. We got multiple offers. We got definitely top dollar. And now there's a bunch of listings out there that didn't take all the necessary steps and they're going to be able to buy them for buy it for less. That's right. Now, back to what I was saying. The reason why I was suggesting these particular people got somebody involved earlier is because they were looking at houses. An exact example was a house that was listed, two houses that were both listed for $550,000. And they're like, wow, we see our houses selling, our house selling for around 800,000. This house is listed for 550. We can make that move and have almost no mortgage. They didn't know both of those houses sold for seven fifty, right? So that is public knowledge now. So you can get in there and find out what those houses are selling for. But if you don't know how or you don't uh, want to go through the hassle, make sure you're getting somebody involved because that would have saved these people a lot of time and headache. Like they've probably been contemplating this move now for a month, getting all excited about it only to find out it's just not feasible, potentially. I wonder if that process is ever going to change and when it will, it's not ever that it will ever change. How is it going to change? How is it going to evolve? Uh, the, you know, this whole 
let's be honest. If a house sells for seven fifty, and it was listed for five fifty, that is clearly just pulling a number out of your ass. That's low, right? Which is there's nothing wrong with that. That's sometimes what the market calls for. But that low? Well, it doesn't matter. It could be a dollar. There are markets where. Like in Australia, they have auctions, right? And yes. that's what they well, do. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. When is the process? How is it going to change? And when is it going to change to, you know, like let's not pull wool over people's eyes all the time here with, with that process. And I'm not well, saying that it's not a good strategy because, yes, in certain markets with certain types of homes and whatever, but when you blatantly cut the valuation by 40% to stir up interest, like, all you're doing is false expectations because you know that there's going to be somebody with an offer at 600 hoping that they get it. Right. But I you mean, know? a good agent can see the recent comparables and that the end result is usually, usually very justified, right? right. Usually Which is you can see why think, it sells for that. I think it's an antiquated process of just poor marketing that should go away, but it is what it is. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, you know, the, over time, things things change. And in current marketplace and the GTA and in a lot of Canada too, right? Like the Canadian real estate is still known and globally as one of the prime investments that you can make. Um, there, There's just a streamlined process that needs to take place. But I don't know when, I don't know if we'll see it in our lifetime, but same thing with buying a vehicle. Like what kind of bullshit is this that you you know, customer A goes in to buy, you know, whatever vehicle, name your vehicle and and pays $50,000 for it. The next customer comes in and pays 45. Right. You but know? that's, you're talking new and that exists in the new construction real estate industry as well. You, you go buy a house from a builder, client A, client B, are you paying the same amount of money? Resale is different. You go to a used Not car dealership. Yes. In, in 90% of the cases, they're paying basically the same price. In many cases, I'm sure we'll see soon, like the whole process of having people line up at a fucking sales office for three days, filling out a, a you know an illegitimate list of uh, um, doing an attendance for three days is ridiculous. And eventually we'll be all online very soon, if not already in some cases. Um, and it will be consistent pricing, consistent process. But when it goes to resale, it's like the used car industry. Everyone presents their cars differently. Everyone prepares them differently. And they will sell them for different prices. Yeah. I, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. I just think there's improvements that can be made. Always. Okay, to that well, process. If there, was, if there was no opportunity, we wouldn't be here. Well, in fact, you know, we've, and I had this conversation with my clients that I was out showing properties to on the weekend that we are so busy because of exactly what we predicted, right? Yeah. I mean, we predicted this additional inventory and downward pressure on some homes for prices and homes that are going to get uh, no offers on offer night. And then did you see how many homes in the last couple of weeks got no offers on offer night? And then they had to shift strategy. Yeah. Um, and it, 
brings opportunity. And when there's opportunity, our phone, our phone rings. So uh, we're, we're going to have another record breaking month this month. Um, so it's, it's doing fine for us, but um, you know, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty uh, with um, with a lot of what's happening um, in the shift right now in that, in the market. And, so, and go ahead. I was just going to tie it back into our topic before we got too far off. So, but it, it ties in nicely in the fact that decluttering is a an important step of the process that should not be skipped, right? Well, exactly. It, it's the presentation of the home. Yeah. And certainly when you're competing against other homes, right? Like if if you are the only home for sale in town, surely it doesn't matter what your home looks like. Although you still might be leaving money on the table because- Always. If but somebody falls in love with the house, they're going to pay more. And that's the mm-hmm. premise of everything that we do. Fall in love with the house, you're going to pay more. Um, but if you're the only home for sale in town, it's going to sell and it's going to get multiple offers. And right. But if there are thousands of homes for sale, everybody's going to look you by. That's exactly what happened in Florida about 10, 10 years ago, it still happens there quite often. Yeah. There's just so much inventory and homes are, you know, generally a lot of the homes are, are poorly maintained or, you know, not taken care of properly. They're tenanted and and they're just thrown up. And, and because of the price, like you can buy a, a, you know, a decent detached home for, 100 to 150 grand in most of on average on most of Florida. So how much is a realtor making on that? There's no room to spend any money yeah. on marketing or staging or anything like that and oftentimes homeowners owe more on the property than the home is actually worth, so they ain't got no money. Um you know and and uh, that's what drove the prices down there and that's you know that's how I ended up buying in in Florida way back in the day too. But um, if your home is tidy and decluttered and cleaned and well-maintained, it makes moving at any time so much easier. And I'm going to throw caution out there to people like me who hold on to stuff because it has value. I am a bit of a hoarder in that sense. Like I get rid of stuff that we want to donate, like kids clothes, you know, uh, we're hanging on to some stuff, you know, in, in case, uh, but kids clothes have zero value on a general basis, right? Like how much are you selling, uh, kids shoes and pants and shirts for like, you're talking 50 cents, a dollar, $2. Yeah. So an entire kid's wardrobe that, you know, the kid used for a whole season or two. Or not at all. How many outfits did they not wear, right? Yeah. Grandparents decided to buy some stuff that just never made the cut. Um, You know, you're talking about 20, 30 bucks of value in in boxes of clothes. Like donate it, donate it to a good cause. People that actually need it, you know, like the uh, uh, Halton Women's uh, Center or um, whatever people, people that, you know, that cannot afford uh, those type of things, 
and, and just donate it, get rid of it. Stop holding on to it because it has some kind of value. Um, because that value is actually better spent in your peace of mind of having a, a decluttered and organized living environment. Yeah. In my opinion, I'm, yeah, I'm learning. I agree. I'm, co- co- if anything, COVID has taught me is if there is clutter and dirt and mess, you will not be in the right frame of mind at home. You will not be as peaceful as mentally stable. Like there's always going to be that, that thing hovering. Well, over for your head, me, right? like every, every night before we go, you know, kind of unwind for the night, I have to do, make sure the dishes are done and the kitchen and everything's tidy downstairs because I hate coming down in the morning to a messy kitchen. Like it just completely sets my day off the wrong way. Yeah. So, you know, very much the same throughout the house. I mean, if you're in a, t- a tidy, a clean, organized house, um, it just feels better. You you feel better coming home to that. Yeah, for sure. I did that with my office in the basement uh, a couple of weeks ago. I literally pulled everything out and I had three bags of garbage, just stuff that I said, I don't need this. This is garbage. Why did I hang on to this? Right. Like, like you realize a year or two later, why am I even hanging on to this? Like, yeah. what is it? Um, I had thousands of documents that I shredded. I ended up taking two Rubbermaid uh, bins to the uh, shredded place and just dumped them off in the, uh, in those bins, paid the 40 bucks to have it shredded for me. Yeah. That's well worth it. Save me a lot of time. Yeah. Um, And then I found some stuff that actually had some value. Like, you know, I'm big into sports card collecting and um, I found like, I have, you know, lots of sports cards that I've hung on to for years and years and years and I just sat back, for, I relaxed for an hour or so and looked through some of it. And I found one that was worth like, now it's worth like 300 bucks. Didn't even know I had it. I'm like, cool. Yeah. You know, decluttering this space now just made me 300 bucks. Yeah. Um, so it, it can be fun too. And sometimes it's nostalgic, right? So I, I like yeah. to pour, pour a glass of wine when I'm decluttering and, and going through storage bins and things like that and be like, Oh, I found this picture from back, you know, 15 years ago where I had hair and didn't have love handles and, you know, um, yeah, it, it, it can be a fun process and you can get the family involved with it too. Right. Like kids love going through their old stuff, although that's, you know, it often makes a bigger mess than it helps, it, it, but it's sometimes will make a bigger mess and then they it don't want them. They don't want to get rid of that shit. Right. They're yeah. Like, it keeps them occupied though, so that you can do it. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, you're chasing them around, right? Exactly, exactly. So, oh, but the um, the one of the main reasons, just to tie back to the reason why it's so important, is one, you're uh, for storage purposes. If someone's moving into a house and closets are overflowing with stuff, it it gives them the impression that perhaps there's not enough room in the house for them. Um, well, especially a smaller home, right? Yeah, so it's always good to keep organized. Um, and people will open your cupboards, so kitchen cabinets should be organized. That's an, that's one we did recently. We found some expired things in our pantry. There's, oh, shit, I forgot about this. 
Yeah, I find expired stuff in my pantry and in my fridge yeah. all the time. And you don't realize sometimes how fast things expire, right? Yeah. Like, think about this. We've been a year in this COVID environment now, over a year. Yeah. So if you bought something last February because you were actually going into grocery shopping mode and and finding, oh, I need this sauce or whatever. Yeah. Guaranteed. It's expired year later. It hasn't. You probably shouldn't buy it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you notice a lot of condiments, like relish. That's um, what I figured. Apparently, that's what she figured. Right. Relish doesn't have uh, an expiry date on it. It doesn't? No. That's weird. I thought it was only honey that didn't. Ketchup doesn't have uh, an expiry date on it. Interesting. Why? Don't ask me. Anyway, yeah. episode 124, decluttering. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, if you want us to cover any topic, leave us a message and uh, we'll we'll put it on the agenda. But next week, I want to talk about, I want to talk to all those people and make sure for those of you listening and watching on the next week or listening next week that you share it with people that you think it might be appropriate with because we're going to talk to people about moving, like why you need to move. For those, I'm going to write that aren't. down. Why you need to move? Yeah, because I think are, I think there's too many people in the GTA that should move, they but aren't even become, thinking about it. They become complacent. Yeah, yep. So that's the, that'll be episode 125. Uh, thanks for listening. Nice to talk to you, my friend. Have a great week. As always. Sun is shining. We're we're in the thick of uh, the spring season now. Uh, everybody's looking a little bit chirpier these days. Uh, another record-breaking month for the team. Good stuff. I gotta happening. get out of this basement. I feel like I look very pale when under this lighting. I need a yep. more. I need some more natural light. There you go. Get out into the sun. Have a good one. All right. You too. Bye bye.